listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. Sounds good and loud. 100.7 KSLX. One hundred point seven KSLX featuring a little bit of extra rush this morning in honor of Neil Peart, who died last Tuesday, and yeah. the, news, the news broke on Friday. He was one of the greatest rock drummers in the history of the sport, and also a sort of overlooked in that is the fact that he was such a fantastic lyricist and songwriter. And by the way, if you're not a Rush fan, it really isn't about Rush as much as it is about the connection that you make with some of your favorite bands. Like, I, if you ask me to name my twenty favorite bands of all time, I don't know that Rush would be in that list. Except for the fact that when we got the news on Friday that Neil Peart had passed this past Tuesday, I went and dug out my Rush records and just hit shuffle on the computer and just let it go and go and go. And I forget the connection and all the memories that it brings back when you when you experience a band like that for the first time. They were the band that made me think about that it was easier to – I mean, there was more than just three chords and a bottle of whiskey and music. Absolutely. And and I I got the news on Friday from a buddy from New York, from Long Island, where I grew up, named Mark Snyder, who called me – on Friday and told me, now, Mark and I, he was the only guy in high school who would listen to Rush with me. Everybody else thought they sucked because the guy screamed. You know, the guy sounds like he's being tortured, the singer. There's a certain Um, level of intelligence or awareness that you have to have, I think, as a kid, especially, to appreciate Rush. So, in 1978, Mark and I saw Rush in the Nassau Coliseum. They were headlining on the Hemispheres tour. Okay. He had moved. It was 11th grade, 12th grade, something like that. He had moved to Massapequa. I still lived in Baldwin. That's about 20 minutes apart by the train. So in order to get tickets in those days, you had to actually go to the venue. <laughs> you couldn't get online, and calling was a crapshoot. And there were no record stores that were selling tickets at that time. I mean, they weren't like a, a like an outlet, it, unless it was, they went to the venue and got the tickets and then resold them after the fact. So the day they were on sale, you had to go to the box office. The best tickets were at the venue. Yeah. And we wanted to get good There was seats. no credit card advance club exclusive stuff. And they were going on sale on a Monday morning when we had school. So I'll let my buddy Mark Snyder pick up the story. Oh, hi, Mark. From Long Island, from here. Go ahead. And Mark had called to say, hey, uh, Rush tickets are going on sale for a date at the Nassau Coliseum. I believe it was in the spring. And uh, Monday, 10 a.m. I was a pretty good kid in school. I didn't cut school. I went to my classes. I mean, hell, I didn't even drink beer on my first year of college. So I was a pretty reliable kid. And uh, when Mark called to say, hey, you know, let's let's cut out of school and let's go get tickets, I didn't even give it a second thought. Like, So I jump on the train, what we call the Long Island Railroad. I take the train from Massapequa to Baldwin. I meet Mark in Baldwin, and we proceed to walk at a minimum of seven miles, possibly eight, to the Coliseum. Now, keep in mind, we said, hey, we'll hitch. So here we are Monday morning at 9 a.m. hitching down Brookside Avenue. Seriously, who's going to pick up two two dirt bags, 16-year-old dirt bags, hitching to the Nassau Coliseum? But anyway, we walked all the way to the Coliseum. We got our tickets. I believe Mark was right when he said that uh, we did catch a bus home. Yes, we, um, we caught the bus home because we were ready to splurge at that point. Exactly. Well, you had to make sure you had uh, enough money for the tickets first. Exactly. So but what didn't dawn on me, being like a fairly good kid, was that I had set off an alarm back home because I didn't report to homeroom. And again, I didn't give it really give it a second thought. So homeroom calls home. <laughs> My mom's like, well, he left this morning, and now it's been hours that I've been gone. So my parents are freaked out. And this is before cell phones. 
They had no idea. They didn't know if I was hit by a car, if I was yeah. kidnapped. What had happened to me? When I came home and walked through the door, my parents were like, where were you? And I was like, oh, uh, I went with Mark Devine to the Coliseum to get tickets. We were worried about you. The school the school was calling you. We called the police. Nobody knew where you were. But as a parent of three now, I realized that how alarming that must have been. And Mark, what I didn't tell you when we discussed this story recently is that my parents initially took the ticket away from me and said, you're not going. Oh. My punishment was that I was not going to go to the concert. Now, over time... They softened, and as we got close to the date, and I don't think I ever let on with you that I wasn't going. No. But they softened, and they eventually gave it back. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, I never gave it a second thought how freaked out my parents would be over that. And you'd be, you'll be delighted to know that the Baldwin school system had no such policy of alerting <laughs> parents. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. So one of you got a better education than the other is what we learned. Exactly. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for checking in, man, and sharing that memory. It was, uh, it was great hearing from you. Listen, I want to leave. Uh, you know, I'm a big Rush fan. I want to leave with a Neil Peart lyric, one of his best, his most poignant, when he wrote, I think I'm going bald. <laughs> what a dick. Jeez. Mark, Thanks, Mark. Mark. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, that's day. great. Mark, Mike drop. Right, right. Mark is uh, Mark's actually Dee Snyder's brother, so he was blessed, as many of the men in the family were, with a phenomenal head of hair. Yeah, so. yeah. We, we don't talk about that part about it yeah. much. Mark was also a big uh, a record industry uh, bigwig for a while, yep. so he knows the music industry inside out. It's a great story. Uh, I'm surprised, though, when, uh, when his family found out that you were the reason why he skipped school and got in trouble, <laughs> that he wasn't allowed to hang out with you anymore. I, well, it wasn't that big an issue because we were so far apart now, you know. Back yeah. then, back then, twenty miles was a long way. Because my uh, my friend, I, I, I think I told the story a little bit earlier this morning about how I got arrested for shoplifting while wearing my Rush sweatshirt yeah. that I had illegally printed the Rush, you know, the, 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 the logo, the logo on, yeah. and on there. Um, I got busted with a kid named David. He was stealing Rush's exit stage left on cassette, and of course, wearing the band jersey while stealing the CD of the band or the, or the cassette of the band. You don't want to do that. That's just no, bad form. It is bad. But form. when my parents found out, I couldn't hang out with them anymore. So there you got you go. lucky. You and yeah. Mark got to stay friends. That's right. All right, we will continue to celebrate. The life of Neil Peart a little bit later on. And again, just substitute your favorite band for Rush in that story, and it all makes sense, doesn't it? Interesting morning here with Mark and Neanderthal. We saw you at Sticks on Friday night, and it was nice talking to everybody. And at the show, Lawrence Gowan, who was a member of Sticks, he does the keyboards now and sings Come Sail Away and stuff like that. He took over for Dennis DeYoung. He's Canadian. Yeah. So they did they did a really nice tribute to Neil Peart from Rush. The news came out about him passing away on Friday. He actually passed away last Tuesday. But um, you got the you got the chorus. Yeah, for that? By, by, by Friday night, Lawrence Gowan had already been able to put something together and it's pretty beautiful. This is in the middle of their set. Really touching. That's pretty amazing. I mean, it's such a, a nice thing for Lawrence to do. And again, he's a Canadian, and and those guys are yeah. they're all sort of uh, tied in together. Yeah, and, and we posted that by the way. That is on uh, the KSLX Facebook page. It was on there over the weekend. You may have to look for it a little bit. I also posted something on Friday afternoon 
that I had originally put together back in 2015. We were out on the plaza at, I think, what was then U.S. Airways Center. I think so. It might have still been there. Yeah. Now it's Talking Stick Resort Arena. But just videotaped all these different people because there were so many different Rush T-shirts. Everyone was a different style. There well, were you're talking so about 40 many, years of a oh band. Oh, my God. Yeah. There were so many different styles. So we put this T-shirt video together, and it came out really well. And so I popped it up again on Friday and got a lot of comments about it. One of them was actually a story about how this guy discovered Rush, which I think is a fantastic story. Okay. His name is Mark. His last name starts with a K, and it's Polish, and I can't say it. Um, Krasinski? Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. So he says, in the summer of 1978, I vacationed in Florida while looking forward to my upcoming senior high school year. I was staying with my sister, and she worked during the day, so I spent some time by myself. One day, I was watching the movie Assault on Precinct 13. Okay. I love the specifics. You know, he, he remembers this specifically. Right. He goes, I was watching Assault on Precinct 13 when I heard some music coming from next door. I got up and looked out the windows, and the guy next door was washing his car, but the windows and doors to his house were wide open. The music coming out of there sounded kind of eerie, and then it started booming. I could hear it clearly and went outside, started talking to the guy, and was really liking the music. I talked to him while he finished washing his car. I finally asked him who the band was because I wanted to buy the album that he was playing. The guy told me to go inside and look at the record on his turntable, which you really shouldn't because that's when Dahmer stabs you in the neck. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. Not he a good idea. Stabs you in the neck with yeah. a sedative. It puts the lotion in the basket. Exactly. Yep. So you really should be careful about this, but th- this does have a happy ending here. Um, he wanted to go. He goes inside. He told me to go inside and look at the album. It was Rush. The album was 2112. I had to have it. So I, wa- I stole it and ran. <laughs> I waited. No. I waited. Yes, the guy got me and he beat the crap out of me. No, I waited until I got back to Arizona, and it took me a little while, but I finally found the album in a record store. I then recorded it onto an eight-track tape so I could listen to it in the car. Wow. I wore that tape out literally. I've repurchased the album three or four times since then and now have the album on my phone and listen to it every few weeks in its entirety. Neil Young passed away at 67. As a tribute, my neighbors will hate me tomorrow as I am going to play it again as loud as I can. Yeah, Neil Peart was uh, was he, he was a genius, lyrical genius, obviously one of the greatest drummers in the history of rock. And it's interesting because we've had some people who aren't even Rush fans. They get what this means to be a Rush fan. Lisa yeah. writes in, good morning, sad about losing another rock icon from our youth. You're spot on about realizing the music connections we have. Never a huge Rush fan, but hugely love Limelight, Closer to the Heart, and a few others. Just love the unique sound of the band, and once a Rush song starts, I'm pulled in. Each generation has a musical soundtrack, and Rush is definitely in ours. My heart goes out to the diehard fans, as their connection is even more personal. I know I'll need a day or two myself when my own personal idol leaves, and I'm broken beyond, um, excuse me, brokenhearted. Thankfully, the music lives on, but the reality that pieces of your life's soundtrack are slowly vanishing is sobering. Yeah. And And that's really what it's all about. I mean, you know, you don't have to like Rush to understand what it means to lose something. Remember when Stevie Ray Vaughan passed or when Tom Petty passed or Glenn Fry passed? It means a lot to a lot of people because music unites us. Yeah, the, the toughest ones for me in the last few years have been Greg Allman and Tom Petty. Well, I, I can tell you, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about this, but I know Eddie Van Halen is on the clock um, and, and has, you know, rumors of his deteriorating health have been going on, and he's my favorite guitar player. So it's yeah. going to be, this might be a tough year. I mean, anytime, whoever your favorite 
artist is. Go out, enjoy their music, and if you get an opportunity to see them, you should probably go out and see them. You never know when the last time will be. Absolutely. That's what we were telling people Friday night on stage from the Celebrity Theater before the Sticks show. You know, we mentioned Neil Peart and said, you know, didn't say that to make you feel sad. We said that to make you realize these are the moments we need to enjoy, right. to take in and, and savor. Yeah, life is short. Don't hesitate. So... KSLX. Roll the Bones. Title cut from that particular Rush album. Uh, Very cool song, a little different. And we're playing different stuff this morning from Rush because Neil Peart, the news came out that Neil Peart passed away on Friday, although it actually happened on Tuesday. Um, uh, suffering from brain cancer for three and a half years. And that's, we didn't that's know how about pro- it. That's how, how closely guarded the Rush camp is in general, that that was not common knowledge anywhere that, no. he, that he was sick. No, and so musicians from all over the world have come out and had their statement about uh, what a great drummer Neil Peart was. And, you know, you talk about a, a rhythm section, Neil Peart and Getty Lee, mm-hmm. um, you know, as I said earlier this morning, it never felt like anybody overplayed in Rush. Even though they were really, really busy, there was so much stuff going on. I mean, they were really sort of a band that appealed to people who were technically proficient in their instrument, which is a beautiful segue. Nice job. For our friend David Ellison, who is uh, <laughs> who is a Valley resident yeah. and, and the bass player for Megadeth and uh, and no slouch on the four string himself. Welcome, That's Dave. Right. How you doing, David? Hey, guys. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? We're, we're well. And uh, unfortunately, we have to meet under these circumstances. But thanks for taking time out for us. Yeah, of course. In fact, I'm just out the door in a couple hours to Nashville to head into Megadeth rehearsals, and then we're heading to Europe to start a tour. So Look at you. Timing here. Yeah, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, Good time to be talking about the bass. Well, you know what? We were talking about, um, and I, I ran into you the other night at the, at the Crescent Ballroom, and then, and then this thing happened the next day with Neil mm-hmm. Peart, and you posted a story this weekend, and really the story is not that you met Neil Peart, it's that you didn't meet Neil Peart, really. Is, you is, think, your, is that's your Neil Peart story, right? You would think as a guy who's in the industry that you would have been able to meet anybody you wanted to. Well, you know, one would think, right? But it's, it's interesting. I think it just goes to show to Neil's character. And he wrote about it, especially the song The Limelight. You know, I can't pretend that a stranger is a long-awaited friend. Yeah. And he talked about it in the, um, you know, Beyond the Lighted Stage uh, uh, documentary, that film that they did, which was so cool that they did that. You know, those guys that from Banger Films, they did the Iron Maiden Flight 66 or 666 film, and then yeah. they did the Rush uh, film. And, you know, it's interesting, both of those bands are, worse, you know, they're so big, but they're personally very guarded with their personal lives. And you could never really touch them or get to them. You know, they yeah. were, as, as, and then especially with Rush, you know, you realize it's like, geez, Getty and Alex are just like a couple of like high school buddies who happen to be in this really big band. And and I love how they talk about Neil, how they say, you know, he is still the new guy, you know, after you know, yes. 40 some years of being in the band. And I know that because I've, I've, you know, me and Mustaine, me and Dave being the founders of Megadeth, I always say that about the most recent guy coming into Megadeth and say, like, hey, you know, you've been here 10 years, but you're still the new guy. Don't right. forget that. So, David, <laughs> you you uh, you tried to meet Neil one time at a, this was a meet and greet at a show, right? Yeah, so what happened was my, my, my son, Roman, um, he had, had a, a, a high school friend and he said, hey, I bought three tickets for, for he and Roman and, and they want to invite me because he was also his friend Joe's bass player. So he said, yeah, look, I'll go. It's the 30th anniversary of moving pictures. Probably my favorite uh, top three Rush records. So I was excited to go see it. And 
Um, we went to the show. I called uh, my friends at Live Nation and I said, "Hey, is there you know any way we could meet the band?" And, and they said, "Sure, we'll put you in the in the meet and greet." And I didn't know that it was the VIP, the paid VIP meet and greet, which we do all the time, right? right? So now all of a sudden, I go from being you know the the celebrity guy. Now I'm kind of general pop, and I'm there sitting there, you know, getting read the rules. I didn't even know how this works, right? Now I know what it's like when you're in a Megadeth meet and greet because I was essentially in one for Rush. And and they read all the rules, and they said, you know, Neil doesn't do these, so he won't be here, but Getty and Alex will be here. So I was like, yeah, you know, I look great, obviously. I, I had never met Getty and Alex, <clears throat> and, you know, those three gentlemen changed my life as a musician. And But one, one of the things I found was interesting was when they read the rules, they said, you know, we don't take any unsolicited music. Please do not hand your demos or your albums <laughs> to Getty and Alex. And, and, and what, the reason they said it, it was actually very it was brilliant. They said, we don't want any copyright infringement. And I thought about that. It's like, you know, I own a record label, so people hand, hand me music all the time. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm, a, I'm the, probably the most approachable in our band. And, you know, it, it's just kind of being available to fans, you know. And I thought, gosh, you know what, that is a good idea. Because what if a riff ends up on a you know Rush album and suddenly you know now there's a copyright issue you know exactly so I, I yeah so when I when when we went up there you know we you know I, I Getty was first and then we stand in the middle between Getty and Alex and I and I told Getty I said hey Getty it's David I'm David Ellison from Megadeth and he and he's like what are you doing here and I said I'll run the chaperone for the night you know I brought the boys and see this so it was kind of this really fun hug and you know on the way out Alex you know shakes my hand and he's, like I could tell he wanted to hang out like. Like, let's hey, let's hang, you know. But <laughs> yeah. they had they had business to tend to, you know. So, exactly. But but you know, and but I, you know, so that was my meal story. You know, fast forward nineteen ninety four, uh, we cut a record here in town. We built a studio and cut a record because three of the four of us in Megadeth had, had moved here to to the valley. So we cut a record called Euthanasia, and our drummer Nick Menza. <clears throat> um, his dad is an esteemed jazz musician, a woodwind player, Don Menza. And so, you know, Nick was very in the know with, with people. And so he goes out to the to the Rush show out at now Action Pavilion, right? Back then, I guess, Desert Sky. And so he goes out, brings a drum head. So, you know, I'm going to get Neil to sign my drum head. He's all excited. You know, this is obviously his hero. He goes out. Neil doesn't meet him. And he, 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 he word gets back, hey, you know, the guy from Megadeth is here and would love to meet you or get something signed. So sort of like, you know, the door opens. Opens, it goes into a, a dressing room. No faces are seen. And out comes the drum head, says, Dear Nick, have a mega life. And, nice. and it, and yeah, and it, it was cool, yet Nick kind of felt def- a little deflated, like, did I just get dissed? Like, I'm in Megadeth, and he says, have a mega life. And, right. and you know, he, he didn't really know how to read that. And it was, it was, it was very, you know, Neil, this very private, almost cryptic, you know, kind of personality that he had, really, I think, until we saw that, that movie, you know, Beyond the Light of the Days. I don't what, think any of us really knew him, you know? What I love about that story is he didn't actually see him. He didn't actually meet him. The door opens and the hand comes out with the drum head. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Here it is. Like, pay no exactly. attention to the man behind the curtain. Exactly. Well, more ironic, of course, Nick is no longer with us. He passed away about three years ago. But his memoir um, it, what is titled Mega Life. And oh, beautiful. And I think no doubt inspired from that little transaction with Neil. All right, David. We appreciate you checking in. That's I know you, you got to run. Good luck with the Megadeth Tour in Europe. Go catch your plane. We appreciate you checking in about Neil Peart very much. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Be safe. Take care. There you go. There's David David Ellison from Megadeth. David Ellison from Megadeth checking in about not 
meeting Neil Peart, which is a chronic <laughs> condition, and everybody's catching it. But the thing and, is, the and thing unfortunately is, now nobody can meet him anymore because he's gone. Even musicians, even people with the kind of stroke that Dave Ellison has, and, and make no mistake about it, he's a big name, still couldn't get to meet Neil Peart. So don't feel bad if you went to a meet and greet and only met Gall- uh, Getty and Alex. Listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get Pretty to work. Sure they're illegal. With the free KSLX app. 100.7. KSLX. Season's greetings. Hey Dude Shoes here. Hey Dude Shoes are some of the comfiest, coziest shoes out there. Step into a pair and it's like your toes have gone home for the holidays. Welcome home, toes. Hey Dude, good to go to. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools, and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.